Hey everyone, welcome to episode 6. It's been a super busy week. This week, I did my first work with Hockey Dad, the fathers of hockey. It was super fun. And we talked a lot about Reno, like the Vegas Reno, and the cost of movie tickets. But the cost of movie tickets here, not just in Reno. But at the movie theaters, we decided that there's not enough staff working. You used to go into movie theaters and there was staff everywhere. And now the movies are more expensive than ever, but there's there's no one working there. You have to like, you go there, you pay for your ticket, you pay for your popcorn, then you get to the front and you got to rip your own ticket. It's like a trust system. They just trust that you're going to buy a ticket and you make your way in. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with anything, but that's what we decided. More people at the movies, please. On this episode, I want to talk more about photography. On this episode, I want to talk about photography on social media or photography in the digital space. It's going to be a two-part, I think, because... You know, it's a it's a long one and there's actually two phases. So the first part is going to be about why it's important and why it's a wider problem. But then secondly, it's going to be about how, you know, you can protect your work. But it's, that's going to be from a reactive space. So this first one is about how you can proactively protect it and, and why it's important to protect it in the first place. And then the second part will be how I actually protect my work. So the topic's a, the topic is a tough one and people, you know, have many different opinions and I'm sure people will disagree with me. So I want to definitely hear what everyone's opinions on this is, but I want to stress that it is just my opinion. And you probably heard a few episodes back that my day job's in digital marketing and that this means that most of my day, every day is about you know, I spend it optimizing digital channels and that includes social media and websites, you know, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all that digital stuff. And I'm lucky enough to be able to work with clients to improve their social media presence. And that can be, you know, changing the ways they do stuff or setting people up with a uh, sort of, you know, a guide or a strategy on how they can take advantage of that. And so even more fortunately than that, I'm lucky enough to work with companies that get millions of views on their content a week. We're not talking about just small, small businesses and stuff like that. We're talking about, you know, things that range from, you know, one-off events to, you know, longer term strategies. But what I'm really getting at here is that it's my job to sort of amplify, you know, amplify their own content. And it seems like that is the underpinning reason why publications or online entities take images because they want eyeballs on the content. But the problem is, you know, I know firsthand that it doesn't give you an excuse to just take something that'll work for you and not return the favor. So you're taking value, but you're not actually giving that value to the creator of the work, whether it's an illustration or a photo or whatnot, but we're only talking about photos here. I also need to find new technologies to leverage whatever, you know, that client's goals might be. And, you know, we're not off topic because 
I'm constantly using tools that make it easier to do certain things and simplify business processes and set those goals and figure out how to amplify their content without exploiting or breaching copyright. And that often, you know, leads me to find new ways to apply that to my own personal photography, my side business, hobby, whatever you want to call it. And so we'll talk about that part in this topic and we'll talk more about the systems in the second part. These tools and techniques have really helped me see one thing in particular, like I was saying before. Many online publications or influencers think they can just get away with just taking someone else's work because it's it's digital. They that old uh, you wouldn't steal you wouldn't steal a car, you wouldn't steal a, a printed image, but somehow people think it's okay to take a digital image. Sometimes just a simple misunderstanding. So I've learned over the years to just go slow and um, sort of take it as a case by case basis and hear out you know, the, the unauthorized user's side of things. But here are some of the excuses that people have given me over time. First one that they give is, oh, I didn't know it was your photo. I just got it from Facebook. Even though the artist has written my name in the caption and in the same place that they took the photo from. So that doesn't work. Second one, your name wasn't on the press release, but we got the photo in the press release but they don't know that I have a copy of the press release right in front of me and it, it definitely has my name on it. It's even bolded. So that doesn't work. The third one is the article was written by one of our volunteers. This one gets me the most because it doesn't matter who wrote it. And if you want to leverage or exploit whatever you want to call it, if you want to do that to your writers or your creators, you know, it just matters that it was used in the first place. They obviously haven't got the right training. If they had just asked me, like many other people have asked me over time, I just would have said, yeah, yeah, no worries. A few painters and sketch artists contact me every now and then, and they they ask me if they can sketch a photo of mine. And I just, I'm like, yeah, definitely. I just want to see the end result because that's so cool. It's nice to be asked, even though they're not publishing my photos per se, because that's, that's the thing. I think 90% of photographers are just like me. They don't mind their photos being used by news outlets or as a one-off sort of use, even if it's just for free. It's a respect thing and it just takes two seconds to do the right thing. So if you're not spending those two seconds on it, you're probably not being fair to the creator which is us as photographers. So what does it mean for you as a photographer and what should you do? Firstly, and most importantly, it means your work is valuable. You probably already know that and I really hope you do because I keep making a point of that over all these episodes. But I guess there's two types of outcomes that you might want, either attribution for the work or money for the work. And everyone loves money. But if you're looking to build a profile, then you might want to get your name out there. And so that might be more valuable depending on the place that's using the photo than the money itself. It's almost like advertising. But again, it depends on how many people are seeing it. So it's up to you to decide 
what that value is. And secondly, you have to decide how proactive you want to be about protecting your work. Some people like to watermark and some don't. It's the most common way of proactively protecting your work though, and it's, it's not foolproof. But I have heard multiple people, you know, having successful, they've had successful lawsuits. And, you know, even though it's probably expensive on their end, it's expensive gamble, they've sued people for up to eight times more than they would have got because the unauthorized use actually cropped out their watermark. And so it's obvious that they wanted to take that and use it in an unauthorized way intentionally. And I used to have a watermark, but it was really, really big. I don't know what I was thinking. And then I reduced it and then it looked fine. But then I thought it detracted from the image and I didn't want that to happen at all. So I decided to just ditch it and I made a promise to myself to make it, you know, make a bigger effort to proactively protect it and, you know, reactively take a proactive action against, you know, unauthorized use, you know, with respect to its value. Next episode, I'll talk to you about how I reactively work to get value from my unauthorized, you know, photo use. And I'll even also go through a step-by-step process I use to get those results. Again, it's not foolproof, but I'm happy to share that. So if you're listening and you are a publication or you're a, a digital entity that, you know, wants to use, use digital images that are taken by someone else, you know, what does it mean for you and what should you do about it? Technically, you should be licensing the images from the photographer first and foremost. And that price depends on the use of the photo. It depends how you want to use it. But the minimum offer is around 500 bucks per photo for a campaign of less than two weeks. Personally, I've licensed images for 150 bucks, but there's also that came in conjunction with another offer that, that went hand in hand with that. It's not just about money for us photographers, and that's important to know. And I know budgets are tight and things need to work off rice and bread sometimes. It's the effort that counts. So don't be afraid to make an offer for using the photo for whatever your intended use is. The offer in itself is absolutely great and it's much appreciated. I can also imagine that timeframes are super tight and you don't have time to look at who took an image or not. So if you're not sure who took the image or you can't find a name, use the first one that you can find the name of and use it while giving credit or ask them if you can use it. Using one you really like is great because it gets more clicks on your story, that's that's fine. And you get more ad impressions when people go through to your story. That's why people write clickbait. That's why that's why advertising the, is the way that it is. You know, but it also highlights that there's value in the photographer's work. Otherwise you would have picked a different image. You pick the one that's most striking for you. And so the photographer's done a good job And so they should be compensated for that, whether it's money or something totally different. And that's the case in point of why it should be credited or paid for. That's my opinion anyway. Others probably have a completely different one, but me and my friends have that opinion. 
I used to be really unforgiving with copyright infringement and laziness on attribution or attempts to offer payment, but I've wound it back because, you know, I'd encourage you to do the same. I've made amends with those that I pursued too harshly. I just had a take no prisoners approach, but you sort of realize that the chains are pretty long and things can get lost in the process. It's not always the person's fault that, you know, hit publish gets a bit murky. Most people understand that your photography is important and of value. Doesn't mean that you should just give up and just not police your work. You just need to be a bit more fluid about it, but aware that it does happen and aware that it's something sometimes, unfortunately, you do have to police. And next episode, we'll go through how I do police it and what kind of decisions I make on how to progress those discussions. And we'll talk about how to contact them and and what to ask for. But until then, have a great week. And I'll see you on the podcast next week for episode seven, part two of this two-part series on unauthorized photo use. See you guys.